All right, and we're live. What's going on, Rob? What is up, man? How you doing? Oh, I am doing well. Doing well. Uh, so, everybody, as you see, I am joined tonight by the uh, the Drinking Bros Rising Star that is Rob Fox the Third, who is also joined by the youngest member Four. of the Fox family. Yeah, Rob Four is here. Rory, as we call him. Rory. Yeah, what's up, man? It's almost bedtime, but ah, gotcha. Uh, yeah, yeah. Courtney just ate, and uh, it's like I emptied the dishwasher. Now she's doing the dishes. So, oh. and then it's bedtime. Then it's bedtime for this guy. Pretty gotcha. Much. Yeah, gotcha. Well, the live chat is loving the baby already. Right. It's been, that's all you need. Like every fucking podcast, you just have a dog wandering around the desk, mm-hmm. or like someone holding a baby. Yeah. It will. I, at my last job, I would, had to do, like, live videos every Friday, and I, like, one day just decided to, like, hold my dog the whole time, and it was, I did it ever since. It was, like, yeah. not night day. Like, no one gives a shit about my dumb face. It was yeah. like, just the dog that was, like, right here next to me. Yeah. Yeah, you guys definitely need to uh, maybe up the dog game in the in the studio. Oh, oh handing off the baby. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Dan needs to bring his dogs in or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, do you have a dog? Yeah, I have two dogs. I have two tiny. I'm like Dan. I have two tiny little dogs. Yeah. Uh, it's, one's like a Shiba Inu pug mix, which is like, imagine like Danny DeVito and Emily Ratajkowski, like having a child that is like 50% each of them. It's like this beautiful, like really composed, like animal in a Shiba Inu. And then like a fucking like genetic nightmare in a pug, like a pig. <laughs> shitty little dog adorable and sweet but then like they combine yeah. and it's 50 50 and then the other one's just like a like a super mutt he's yeah. he's like the sweetest dog in the world but he's um he's like chihuahua and a bunch of other shit it's it's he's just like a farm dog like gotcha. two two tiny dogs fucked on a farm outside of austin and, right and he was born yeah i think i've seen maybe a picture of both of them on your instagram or something yeah i noticed the, the one i thought it might have been like a puggle or something like that yeah, he gets mistaken for a puggle a lot. The the pug mix does. They're like, "What is it?" And then we have to be like a pug Shiba Inu. And then the next question, which I don't understand, because I've always known for a long time, known as Shiba Inu is people are like a Shiba. What is that? Yeah, yeah. Just Google Japanese dog. You'll yeah, my uh, my next door neighbor has two of them, and I don't know. They're almost like cats trapped in a dog's body. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, he like a- the, the Shiba pug. When he was younger, he was more like a pug, like sweet and dumb and. And not really, he wasn't really dumb, but like sweet and little cuddly. And like as he gotten older, he's just moved fully into like cat, yeah, like just Shiba cat. Like likes to be likes to be left alone. Like he'll he'll let you pet him, but if you pick him up, he's furious. And they and if you even like hold him for too long on the couch, he'll be like, just get fuck off of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My neighbors, so like my neighbors, uh, like backyard is kind of like above mine a little bit so like i'll be doing yard work and yeah his two shibus just sit there like totally just judging me like they don't yeah. bark they just sit there staring at me with very judgmental faces yeah because again they're like perfectly composed animals so everything else is uglier than them like you and i included and even though my dog's like i think he's cute but a lot of people are like what the fuck is that he still has in, in his mind that we all don't look as good as him so right yeah that's pretty right. on par for fucking shiba yeah well good man thanks for uh for joining us tonight i know uh you do this and get paid for it and i asked you to come do the same thing and not get paid for it yeah i'll show you my my venmo it's, oh gotcha 
yeah, invoice, yeah. you can invoice me. I'll write it off. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I have a. I don't know what your production rate is at Tetherball, but you know, hopefully, I get yeah. some kind of discount. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, it's cool. It's cool to be here. I've caught. I've caught a couple of your like clips on on Instagram and shit yeah. so far. Yeah. I'm like the worst podcast listener because every job I've had is like a writing job usually. Right. Even the market ones were like writing jobs. So I can't like listen to people talk as I'm doing it. And then now I'm just doing podcasts all day. And like the last fucking thing I want to do is listen to more podcasts. Unless I'm like driving somewhere. That's the only time I, I'm like, all right, we can, I can't do music for like four hours. Just put, you can put something on. Right. Yeah. Mine. So like I sit at a desk all day and what I do is typically like an hour of work and then like three hours of waiting so I don't really listen to podcasts in the car that much because I'm typically just watching them all day anyways, you know? Yeah, that's the way to go. Are you, you know? work from home? Or no, are you- I, I wish. I wish they'd let me do that. But my uh, the execs where I work are like old and terrified of people working from home. Yeah. Plus I work in like manufacturing and I'm salary. So like they pretty much just equal that as like free labor if like one of the hourly people don't show up, <laughs> you know? So if, I, so if I'm not there, I can't, you know, go work on the production floor if somebody doesn't show up. So it is what it is. But, yeah, it's awesome. It's good to uh, talk to you face-to-face. It's been a while. I think uh, Super Bowl, when we kind of first met. and Yeah. Because yeah, I don't think you haven't been to any of the events I've been to with the guys. So No, dude, this baby's ruining my fucking life. Like, I know. They've gone so much cool shit. I did get to go to the World Series. That wasn't really an event, but they've gone – but me and Dan and, and, and Brittany did get, did go to that, even though they lost that game. Um, and then, but yeah, I didn't get to go to Nashville because of that fucking, because of the baby. I didn't get to go to the fight, uh, uh the Canelo fight because yeah. I, that was our baby shower. And I was just like, uh, and then see, there was, I, I think you have a pretty good case. You, sh- you could have a pretty good case to miss that for a Canelo fight, you know? Yeah. I, I agree. I, well, it's not even the fight I care about. They're in a suite and Michael Irvin shows up. Like, I don't like, great. It could be two hobos. I just want to be in a suite and yeah. hanging out with Michael Irvin and other people. Yeah. Yeah. And you missed out on a field of dreams where you like really, uh, hound and Ross to get a ticket for that one. Uh, no, but only because that one was so like insane to even try to get a ticket to apparently. Cause it's like, yeah. th- was there like 4,000 tickets or something crazy? Um, he's, yeah, something like that. There wasn't a lot. And I know what I was like, I was having lunch with Ross and he was getting like phone calls from their ticket guy who was just like, hey, I've got a guy who will pay you like $10,000 each for your tickets like right now. Like he's, he's got a private jet in Chicago waiting to take him there. And God Ross is like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. I mean, if you've already paid yeah. for them, 10 k he would have been making 10k on that, right? He would have been making like half that probably based on. I mean, those. I don't know. I, I think I think uh, Dwyer maybe got the tickets. I don't know where the tickets came from. You know, but I don't know where the tickets come from. I mean, like they do it on their site sometimes. Dan just bought the World Series tickets, like third party vendor. But when it's like shit like that, they they have a just bananas back channel for for tickets. Yeah, yeah, I know. Like while I was there, my wife called me. I was like, "Hey, there's a guy on Facebook selling like." four tickets for 30 grand or something. And people oh, were just like, people were like lighting them up on Facebook for like five minutes for it. And then like on the sixth minute, it was just like DMG, 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 DMG. Yeah. And they were sold in like seven minutes for maybe 30 grand, maybe more. I don't know. Yeah. But 
it was definitely a, a pretty cool experience. Um, you know, I know they're going to do it again next year. I don't know if it's going to be kind of the same, but, you know, maybe you can try to make it up for that one. Uh, I mean, I would love that. would be incredible. I think the teams aren't as good next year. It's the Reds, and then I don't know who else. I don't ever want to see, like, the fucking Marlins in that I guess game. the Cubs. Like, okay, that's fine. That's fun. It just can't be – I don't want, like, a new team. Like, it's not right – I wouldn't, it would feel weird to watch like the Diamondbacks playing a cornfield in Iowa. Like it needs to be the original, yeah, sixteen or whatever, twelve or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the Marlins I don't think would be too terribly fun to see there. I guess I actually don't know a whole lot about baseball, which was really weird. Like Ross would be talking to me about baseball while we were there, and I was like, "Yeah, I saw the movie. It was red, you know." <laughs> yeah, you go hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. I was like, "Aren't the White Sox really good this year?" I think at the time they were playing pretty well, weren't they? They were my World Series pick. I, I was surprised that Houston beat them. I wasn't surprised Houston beat them, but I was surprised Houston beat them so badly. Like, it was right. a pretty pathetic showing by the White Sox. But whatever. They had that nice moment. Yeah. And that nice, fun little Field of Dreams moment. Right. So, with that, you talked about going to the uh, World Series, right? Unfortunately, the game you went to, the, the Braves lost. Was it still a pretty good experience? Oh, I had a blast. I got yeah. fucking drunk. Uh, we were in the Crawford boxes. Which is like, if people don't know, if you've seen a baseball game, a home game for Houston on TV before, it's like that little section above the scoreboard that like juts out into the outfield. It's like a short porch in left field. And we got there for batting practice. And uh, dude, it that like you, it's such a short porch and it's shorter than the, it, it's not like it's not as high as the Green Monster. So, when you're sitting there in batting practice, like you can talk and hang out, but you need to be paying attention oh, yeah. or you, or you will die. Yeah. Like a baseball to the throat. They, they like you. Yeah. Like I, they, there must've been like 50 or 60 balls that like land hard hit as fuck, obviously. Cause they're home runs that, and, and batting practice home runs that uh, landed in our, in our section. And like, they open that up to people to just like catch it. Like there's a ton of kids in there and stuff. Like we had seats there, but most of the people that were there during bad practice did not. But it's just a bunch of people like in the first three rows trying to catch all these balls that are just drilled, like like to to the point where like I would be talking to Dan or Brittany and like I would like look over at them and then like like fuck 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 fuck, fuck and like look back because it, call, it goes quick too. Like they're taking a swing like every five seconds or some shit. It was it was rad though. Like I want to take my kid there one. Like I highly recommend if you're going to a game in Houston with your kid, get there for batting practice because you'll you'll get a ball. Yeah. Yeah, that might be the only reason I'd ever go to Houston, though. Again, <laughs> I, I went once for work, and I was like, man, this is a big city, but there's not a lot going on here. Yeah, it's it's not – it's like a city, like, devoid of any, like, cultural footprint. You know, there's like, no, it doesn't feel like there's any history to it. They don't really have, like, a bar district that I can recall. It's just, like, strip clubs. Yeah, it's a lot of, like, oil worker kind of, uh, you know, stuff. Yeah, yeah. strip clubs, I think. Yeah. There's some strip club maybe in Houston that always comes up. I think the Drinking Bros Cruise maybe went out of there or something. I can't remember. But they always bring up Bucks Wild, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they were tell talking about that, I think, off camera the other day. Because somebody, maybe Jared, I guess, was, was just like there until sunrise and then got on the boat or some shit like that. Yeah, uh, probably. Probably, yeah. I've heard some weird rumors like somebody's like – bought a ticket for the stripper or something i can't remember but yeah i just know houston that's the only time i ever heard anything like real crazy out of houston was like some live show they tried to do out of a strip club 
before the cruise, which I'd imagine trying to like do any kind of audio editing from a strip club has got to be miserable. Good, good God. Yeah. Like, I would yeah. love to do show, but not like a cool strip club show. I'd want to do like the day shift. Day shift, like, I wanna, yeah. I want to be there at like 2 p.m. on a Wednesday. Yeah. Like the the lunch tomorrow. buffet girls. Yeah. Like I want to just see. I just want, I used to live across the street from a strip club here in Austin, like in an apartment complex. And like, I was always bummed that we didn't have a balcony overlooking the it like my complex was across from it but my apartment wasn't like I was like down I was close but I couldn't see it like from my window or anything and I really really wanted to because I just wanted to sit on the porch and like people watch for hours on nights that I didn't go out or something like that and just like just like wait I remember I don't know why but that parking lot was fucking packed on Easter there were so many cars there on Easter Sunday, like during the day. I was like, what the, what is happening? Yeah, yeah Jesus is not the only thing going to be risen on Easter, right? <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. So, yeah, like I said, you know, in, in Ross's absence last couple of weeks, it seems like you've kind of stepped up, filled in a lot, been on a lot of shows. You're definitely getting a, a ton more airtime, right? And uh, yeah. through that, I mean, it seems like at least the, uh, the Nooner community – as I, you know, starting to enjoy the kind of uh, the back and forth and the, I guess the on-desk relationship you and Dan have developed. You know, you guys seem to bounce things off of each other real well and have fun a lot. So uh, yeah. we're going to get you on here and see if you can speak to that. Are you, are you having fun being in front of the camera a lot more now? Yeah, I mean, that's what I would prefer. Like, I like producing, but I've, you know, I'm talent, baby. Um, no, I, yeah, I prefer, I for sure prefer to do that. And like, when they hired me, they hired me to produce, but like I was hired as a host as well, like right off the bat for the um, college basketball show. And then uh, I think that might've been the first, well, they, and they like had me slated for baseball, but baseball hadn't started yet. Cause it was like December um, or November or some shit. And uh, yeah, so they had hired me to host a couple of shows and then they liked softcore history and they eventually like, it's not, softcore history is not like on the network officially, but like there are, advertising they sell our advertising so they take right. it it's Araceli who does it yeah. um but no dude i fucking love being on the being on the camera and dan's like super fun to fuck around with and and podcast with and stuff like that and so is jesse actually i love going back and forth with jesse on um on rpr um it's been really fun obviously we, we miss ross but it's been it's been really fun to like watch jesse have like a a bigger role and like go back and forth with the three of us like idiots just like saying dumb shit because we're especially because we're all like the four of us are like dip the four of us are almost like like a progression of life you know what i mean there's like giorgio living like like the quasi like hobo wild man life and then there's dan who's in a relationship but he's only like one foot in that door you know what i mean mm -hmm. and then like i'm relatively newly married and rel a very new father and then there's Jesse, who's been like married for a decade or almost a decade, and has like two like children, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's just funny, like the four of us reacting to the same shit differently and all that stuff. That's really fun. And then yeah, no, Dan's a blast. Uh, the only thing I was like nervous about was just like um, trying to think of the way to put it. Like I was like, hmm, like I wonder how wild. I wonder how wild some of the shit that's going to be said is like what wild shit is going to be said while my face is on camera. 
Yeah. (laughs) Especially in like the news stuff and stuff like that. So I always joke like, yeah, I've got plenty of footage to like cancel me now, no matter what I believe or say or anything. So that's, that was my only concern, but like, I just, you know, drink three ranch waters and don't give a shit about it anymore. Basically that's my strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Strategy's working out and yeah, the ranch water thing. Um, I think, yeah, the first time I met you, like at the Super Bowl show, I don't know how many ranch waters you drank. I don't know if I was keeping up with you, but then the very next day, we both came in looking at like the same level of shittiness. That Super Bowl party was fucking brutal. Uh, Yeah, I couldn't believe how drunk I got for that. It was pretty... I, I don't know how much I drank. I don't remember anything from that. I didn't really eat much either. I had like whatever the uh, cooking competition was between Tansy and Jesse, I ate that. And I think there might've been some barbecue. So I had like some meat, but it doesn't really absorb alcohol. Like brisket is great for a hangover, but it doesn't really lay a good base. Right. Right before you're drinking. (laughs) So I was fucking, yeah, the alcohol was hitting like bare stomach inside of me and I was pretty fucked up. And also just the party was long. Like it was like a seven hour, eight hour day. And I probably got in there early because it was like a little bit of work because there was like a live broadcast. So yeah, yeah, that was a long day. And then yeah, you have to fucking work the next day. Yep. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, first off, yeah, the length of the party did not help because I was like, okay, like it's my first time in studio, first time meeting a lot of these people. Like I should probably like slow roll the drinks because it's going to be a while. So I'd have like a couple beers and then like slam like two like bottled waters with liquid IV in them. Right. But then, you know, by hour six, you know, somebody, then you're like, whatever you're doing shots or, uh, you know, people are just handing you things at that point. Like, eh, whatever. And then you never really know what you never really know what you're ingesting in that office. Like today, uh, I don't know if you guys know who Nick is yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's been on camera a couple of times. He, I guess he brought in brownies, but there's a tray of brownies like sitting on the counter in the kitchen. And I was like, I wanted one, but I literally had to go out and ask. I'd be like, are these drugs? Yeah. Can I eat these? Because I don't want to eat an edible right now. Is this regular brownie or drug brownie? And they're like, it's regular. Yeah. And they, they all, like, I think Giorgio and Dan reacted to me like I was dumb. I was like, you have to ask a plate of brownies here. Like, you cannot just go into that willy nilly. Like, you have to know. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was, so that was going to bring that up. That was me at the Super Bowl party, you know, like, I was like, is there like drugs in this? And of course you'd ask Giorgio and he'd be like, I don't know, maybe like, yeah. okay, let me go ahead. Like not eating that or, you know, so, right. Like, Hey man, like again, I think there's like cookies or something. And George's like, you should try these. Like they're really awesome. I was like, okay. Like there's probably drugs in those. Right. He's like, maybe I was like, I kind of need to know before I try one. Like I get drug tested for work. So I'd hate to be like, like yeah. You know, but yeah. And then I think crab dip. I'm like, this is, there's no drugs in this, right? Like this is just crab dip. Okay, great. No, I don't think there's anything but crab in that crab dip. (laughs) That was some crabby, crabby dip. Yeah. But yeah, then I think I I heard from somebody that, so, so I ended up going out with, like Tansy and Boston Joe for Dan's birthday after the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, so I was out even longer. I, was, I think I got back to like my Airbnb, which was at that like really shitty 
uh, like condo complex behind the studio, which I didn't know. Like it was like had a reputation or anything. So I was just like walking at four in the morning through there, just like hammered drunk, trying to find my. There's been three three murders on that street in the last like month. Yeah. That's what I heard. I know like somebody was telling me, maybe it was, I can't remember who it was. I always forget who told me this, but they, they rented a place in the same little uh, division there. And, theirs had like a huge laminated sign on the back of the door that was like, when you leave, like, don't speak to anybody. Don't give any hints of your schedule. Like don't walk or like, don't let them see your car or anything like that. I was like, Oh shit. Like, yeah. It's fuck. It's funny too. Cause like Austin is not a dangerous city. Like I'm from St. Louis and like, that's, you go downtown there. It's, even that's fine. You know, keep your head like a little bit on a swivel or like Austin. When I first moved here, I was like, Oh my God. Like, if I walked around downtown St. Louis the way I walk around downtown Austin, just, like, blackout drunk. It was, like, back in the day. Like, yeah. blackout drunk and, and, you know, like, not a care in the world or whatever. Like, I would have died, died, like, three times by now. But, yeah, Austin is, like, a comically safe city. But some, some shit does go down, like, east of 35. It's really concentrated for the, yeah. for the most part. Uh, and apparently our studio is in one of the uh, – concentrated area. yeah well hopefully the new place is in a little bit safer spot it's in it's yeah it's not it's night and day like yeah. in like without by dripping springs like it's out you nothing happens out there right ever. yeah and plus i mean the studio too like the the uber so my uber from the airport i think i've told this before but i get the uber from the austin airport which is uh, if you've never done it from the austin airport it's a nightmare in itself because you have to like just go to some random spot in a parking garage yeah, they change that, and it's really fucking annoying. I honestly just take cabs most of the time because I just get pissed off. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to some random pickup spot. Like, I've just been on a goddamn plane. Like, I don't I don't want to yeah. do this. So, like, running around this parking garage, and the guy's like, I'm here. And I was like, I think I am, too. I don't know. But anyway, so I get in the, the Uber. It's this minivan, and he literally just has painter's plastic, you know? Yeah. Like, stapled with a staple gun. <laughs> like behind the the back seats is like a guard and like I'm reaching it's like the bucket seats in the minivan like I'm trying to get the seat belt and like I mean before the doors even shut he just takes off and I'm like trying to get the seat belt and he's, he's like oh don't worry about the seat belt and I was like uh like I'm in an Uber like and <laughs> you've already shown some like questionable uh safety protocols when it comes to driving so I think I'll get my seat belt and then a couple minutes later, I realized, like, oh, he's listening to Goodbye Horses, you know, the Q Lazarus song from uh, <laughs> from, from Silence uh, of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, well, that's odd. It's Anyways, not a good whatever. Thing. So then, like, I'm on my phone. I'm, like, trying to get a hold. At the time, like, the only contact information I had for anybody was, like, Giorgio had hit me back a couple times on Instagram. So, like, I'm right. trying to get, like, Giorgio, like, hey, like, I'm heading on my way to the studio. Like, how do I know where I'm at the right place? Whatever. So then a couple minutes later, I realized the guy has goodbye horses on repeat. That's a real red fucking flag. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> oh, Lord. So, yeah, then I'm just like, am I going to have to, like, you know, tuck and roll out of this minivan on the interstate? Like, or, like, the second he stops at a stop sign, and he's like, bolt. End up making it fine. But I get out of the car in the parking lot in front of the studio, and there's literally, like you've seen, there's nothing there that would indicate that there's, a, you know, a podcast studio. 
No, absolutely nothing. People walk up and they're like, whoa, what the fuck is in here? This is crazy. So I'm like, oh. So like I've got the address like on my phone. I was like, maybe like it's just like in this, like I'm walking around like up and down the block. I was like, it says it's this. It says it's this. So yeah, and I can't get a hold of Giorgio. And as I'm like trying to like just about to like do like a video thing on Instagram to try to get his contact information like him he comes like screaming in the parking lot in his truck and like all literally almost runs me over perfect oh he must be in the right place and i think it was like i think it was maybe like one of the first days joel and coop were uh working in the studio yeah so but yeah that was the uber ride in austin was fucking weird and then later uh, that night when we went out for the super bowl whoever that i don't know if you remember that like rugby player that Yandel brought? Uh, I don't remember who, who was, I can't, I remember Yandel being there. I don't yeah. remember. I don't well, remember those. We all go downtown and the, the guy's got like a, like a pretty cool Tesla and shit. And we go to sixth street, I guess we were going to go to WTF, but they're closed. Yeah. We went to some other place and I go to walk in and we parked right out front of this bar. And I go to walk in and they're like, Oh, you need a mask. I was like, Oh shit, I don't have one. Well, so this guy that, was at the party with us. She's like, I've got a mask. It's in the glove box. And he's still sitting in the car. Like, it's in the glove box. I was like, oh, can you hand me one? He's like, no, I just get in and grab one. And I'm like, I was like, uh, I may be pretty drunk, but I'm not drunk enough to fall for whatever you're trying to do right now. I was like, just hand me a mask. He's like, no, dude, just don't make it weird. Just get in and give me a mask. I was like, I was like, me make it like, you're making it weird. And he's like, dude, just get in and get a mask. And then finally like Dan, Dan was just like, fuck face, give him a mask. What are you doing? You know? <laughs> But yeah, and then I was gonna say uh, I heard that leaving the Super Bowl party, you were so drunk you thought Jesse's car was your Uber. Yeah, apparently uh, that is what happened. I don't recall that. I do recall Ross driving me home, and I had ordered an Uber, but then I just left it. I guess I don't fucking know. Um, yeah, so that was weird. Uh, but yeah, that that happened, and. Um, no idea. Like, I have no recollection of that whatsoever. Yeah. But uh, I guess I guess it fucking happened. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a fun night. I'll be back down this year for for that again, so. Nice. For the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, me and a couple other of the Nooners were talking about maybe rent, trying to rent, like, a cool Airbnb or something in Austin for it. That would be sick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can get a lot of good shit. Yeah, there's like, some, I've found some pretty dope places. There's a... I'm trying to get, if I can get like 20 people, there's some crazy ass castle on like Lake Travis. Oh, yeah. It was like four grand a night or something. That was about right, yeah. But yeah, so I don't think that one's going to happen. But so yeah. Anyway, so like I said, actually, I realized like I haven't even really introduced you. Obviously, like anybody who's in the chats is going to know who you are. But if anybody's listening to this audio years from now, so I'm joined by. Rob Fox the third uh, around the community is also known as Hot Bob. Um, yeah. He is a podcast writer, producer, uh, co-host on the Softcore History podcast, and like we mentioned earlier, he does some uh, some hosting on. I mean, too many Drinking Bros shows uh, to list, right? Point. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm essentially like the utility player. At, yeah. At yeah, he's like the uh, who's the guy from uh, the, the Saints? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Are you the Taysom yeah. Hill of Tetherball Academy? 
pretty pretty much. Yeah. So, Hot Bob, originally from St. Louis, correct? Uh, yeah. Grew up yeah. in St. Louis, University City, for anyone from St. Louis. Uh, and then uh, went to Mizzou for college and then moved down here uh, like two years after that. Down to Austin. Should yeah. Kids, kids don't Austin. Know. So what yeah. uh what led you to go to Mizzou? Is that just kind of where people go from St. Louis? Yeah, I mean it's the state school, um, and I was like lazy and uh, was like, yeah, fuck it, like I have high school friends going there, whatever. It's just a fucking idiot, eighteen year old. Like in retrospect, you know, because I wanted to work in, in entertainment and stuff like that, I should have gone to school in Los Angeles or New York, like anywhere. You know, like I wasn't gonna get into UCLA or anything like that, but like maybe like Loyola Marymount or even USC or something like USC is not really hard to get into. I don't think it's just like, do you want to pay the tuition is really right. what it boils down to. Um, or, you know, just somewhere dumb in New York, like fucking Fordham or what, I don't even know, like just some fucking school up there. I, I wouldn't get into NYU, but and certainly not Columbia, but uh, you know, just somewhere up there, like those, that would have been probably a more intelligent decision, but I was not a very focused 18 year old. Um, so yeah, I went to Mizzou, which was a blast, you know, I loved my fraternity there and Mizzou sports were actually like solid near the end of my run. Like that was like the year we were ranked number one, like Chase Daniel and shit. And then made the elite eight, um, the year after that in basketball. So got, got, got some good sports memories at least. Um, and then it was just a blast. And then, you know, met my wife at Mizzou, didn't date her at Mizzou, uh, dated her sorority sister at Mizzou actually. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, that's why I went to Mizzou, basically, just a lazy idiot, eighteen-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've actually, I think I'm going to do a show here soon, kind of, because it gets talked about a lot in the live chats lately about uh, kind of the like being eighteen and how, kind of how the the school systems and stuff really pressure you to make some decisions about your continuing education that I don't think should be laid in front of an eighteen-year-old real well, you know. But no, definitely not. And honestly, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what kind of, like, off year or two years there should be. Like, the kids shouldn't, like, sit around and just jack off and get high with their friends for two years or something. But, like, and I don't know if, like, compulsory military service or something would be the answer either. But, like, yeah, like, it would be a good job. It would be a good thing to let them, like, grow up as an adult. Like, just work for, like, a year and then figure it out. But nobody wants to do that because they don't want to. They don't want to miss out. They don't want to be the old freshman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You like, or. You don't want to yeah. rush eternity when you're, or a sorority when you're 20. Right. Right. And you, you don't want to live in a dorm when you're 20. Like, it's just, so nobody does, nobody else does it. So you don't want to do it, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, my thing was, I, I wasn't even like, a, I guess, unlike some, or probably like most 18 year olds, maybe really, but I had like, I kind of had an inkling of what I wanted to do. But I wasn't sure. And I knew yeah. like so many people that were like graduated years before me that were, you know, already, you know, two years into going to like universities and state colleges and they've switched majors 60 times or transferred to different schools. Right. You know, so I'd be like my, for my senior year of high school. I remember telling my like guidance counselor, I was like, I think I'm just going to go to like the community college for like two years and then tr- figure out, figure that out and then transfer yeah. somewhere. And he, like was actively trying to talk me out of that. Like I would end up, you know, just being homeless or something if I went to a community right. college. Uh, maybe they get commission. I don't know. I that's, feel what like I, my... that's what I was thinking. I, my brother was like, do they get kickbacks? 
like for yeah. for you know having an 18 year old go like a hundred thousand dollars in debt like do they get part of that like student yeah, right. loan interest for is that like their retirement plan we don't know about dude it wouldn't super surprise me I, that's weird I, i'm actually surprised at that i feel like my guidance counselor would be like that's a great idea that's all oh, so mature of you but yeah. like they didn't say anything and my guy my guidance counselor certainly didn't help me with uh and maybe i was coy with him about it maybe i was like embarrassed maybe i sounded dumb maybe i thought i sounded dumb but i'm pretty sure i just fucking told him what i wanted to do with my life and then he was still like like he was still like and mizzou okay that's great and like i'm not brad pitt so I, you know that's i mean you can do it for sure but it's easier if you just go to a, like where the shit ha- happens and then yeah and then graduate and then you stay out there and you have connections already it's like uh both my parents like I, you know every lawyer i know like both my parents are lawyers and like if you you go to law school near where you want to practice law mm-hmm. yeah like, you don't you don't do that all the time but it's like massively beneficial to do so like yeah. you don't go to, you don't go to law because you because like that law school is going to do a better job of teaching you that state's law for like for instance texas the texas bar is uh one of the hardest bars to pass i think because there's all kinds of like extra shit in it, maybe like oil stuff or something like that. So you either need to go to law school in Texas or you need to go to a law school that uh, is really good at like certain types of like law, like oil, like oil and gas law or something like that. If you want to pass the bar here uh, or like it was very helpful to pass the bar here, but really that tracks for everything. Like you should be going to school. Obviously if you want to be a journalist. You should go to a good journalism school. That's not necessarily cheap geographically dependent although you might have a leg up going to columbia or syracuse like around new york city as opposed to like mizzou which has a great journalism school but it's like you know there's no major journalism so like new york or you're not in new york or la or even atlanta where cnn is right like you're just in the middle of the country so i don't know uh davy in the chat wants to know which house his wife is an alum of guessing my wife yeah Oh, uh, she's Kappa. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, and you dating her sorority sister. That's how I actually, I went to high school with my wife and we knew each other. And then like a, uh, I was a year out of high school maybe. Yeah, because she, she was a year younger than me and she had just graduated. But I was like being very friendly with her best friend. And that's how like... <laughs> That's how me and my wife met. So yeah, that's a story to tell the grandkids about how I met yeah, their right. grandmother. I was like, I'm banging her best friend. <laughs> cool kid with a motorcycle banging your mom's best friend and then she showed up. <laughs> so yeah, Mizzou though, I know some people like some Mizzou alums because uh, I obviously, I, I moved from Western North Carolina to Des Moines, Iowa about yeah. 10 years ago. So, you know, fairly close. To Mizzou, at least enough to where engineering students come this way to get some, you know, certain jobs. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's the Midwest. Yeah, they yeah. definitely scatter. Yeah. So then, after Mizzou, right? You, what do you do after that? Uh, just kind of dick around for like a year and a half. Um, I graduated like five months after the uh, financial crisis. Uh, like literally, that everything crashed and like what, late 2008 or something like that. I graduated in May 2009. Um, so that was cool. And then, so yeah, it was kind of hard to find a job. So I just like lived with my parents for a year and a half and uh, worked like 
crappy like part-time office jobs or like and then a, like a full-time office job marketing job that like sucked ass for like a bankruptcy law firm and like blog about personal injury law and stuff like that and that was terrible um and then i i just like started my own blog back then and um um just to like pass the time at work and stuff like that and then i this website total frat move popped up like was created and um i started reading that and then I was actually getting ready to move to LA because I had broken up with my girlfriend and was like literally nothing left for me here because she was still at Mizzou at the time. Uh, she's two or three, three years younger than me. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so, oh, so I, I wanted to get like stuff on my resume, like anything for a reel or something like that. So I submitted a spec script to for, uh, for one of their uh, web series or web shows or whatever. Yeah. And they thought it was funny. They weren't looking for that though, but they're like, we are looking for columnists if you want to write for us. So I wrote a couple columns for them uh, and they liked it enough to bring me on like as a full time um, freelancer, I guess. Right. Or just as a freelancer. And then after I became one of the most popular columnists on the site, like pretty quickly. And um, within like, I was like, literally my plane ticket was bought to LA and I was going to move out there in January. So it was basically just rounding out 2011 in right. Missouri. I was like going up. So like I was going up to Mizzou like every weekend just to fuck around and get drunk because the kids who were pledges when I was a senior were now seniors and they had like their own house off uh, like uh, in the middle of downtown. So me and my, one of my pledge brothers who was also lived in St. Louis and was kind of like middling around trying to figure out what to do. We would just go up there every weekend, like go to football games and like get fucked up and it was a good time. And, uh, yeah, so I got I got offered the, like a full time job in December, and I was like, oh, I don't know. And they're like, How about you come for three months, and we'll pay you full time salary for three months, and then you know you'll make some money and save up some money or whatever, and you can either then keep going to LA, or um, you know if you like it, you can stay here. And uh, like I did it, I liked it. You know, had a big audience. Um, um, it was fun. I was literally like writing for a living, um, and uh, they paid me like well and stuff like that and I didn't I didn't have a job lined up in LA I mean in retrospect I probably could have just like moved out to LA and kept that job yeah. <laughs> and like you know just like worked like wrote articles and then gone and try to do whatever else but whatever um and um yeah just did that and became like a really popular columnist for them and uh like mildly internet famous I guess like mildly like college famous and I did that from 2012 to 2017 when I got laid off because the company had like been very financially stupid mm -hmm. and like just couldn't have, they had a huge round of layoffs in October, 2016. I was not part of that because I was one of the original columnists. So like they kept me and then they just kept like cutting, cutting people loose basically. Yeah. yeah I'm not yeah. super familiar with, I like, I recall like, occasionally stumbling upon some tfm stuff yeah but like the financial stuff at the time i mean were they trying to maybe like keep up with the chive or something and that just not the chive it was honestly mostly just like a it was like more like a financial self-own and it was like merch that caused it i think it was like they weren't printing on demand and they like over ordered shit and then so they're basically like paying rent for clothes no one wanted to buy mm -hmm. oh yeah and then, 
the clock the clock just ran out on that right like it was only sustainable for so long they tried to turn around tried to turn around but all behind the scenes i didn't know this was fucking happening i thought i had the best job in the world because at that point i was running the video department and i was actually doing even more closely associated with what i want to do which was like writing like film and tv uh, although i do enjoy writing like short stories and, and you know i'm working on like a, a novel hopefully here um I, I, no one offered to write it for me or no one offered to like do you want to write a novel i'm just gonna work on it try right. to sell it um but um yeah i loved all that shit and i was running yeah i had like a really successful web series called exec board still on the total frat move youtube you can check it out you can see younger slightly younger me i look this in um and uh yeah it was fucking incredible man it, it was so much fun like we were shooting these fun web series and like people loved them and we had like agents so actually things were like coming together we like age like hollywood agents that like represented the company not me but like i was the only one making fucking videos so me and one other guy who i still who i still work with sometimes on on projects um and it was like things were going well and then I don't know. I guess they bought too many fucking shirts. <laughs> well, yeah, it will happen. So I kind of, I dabble in the merchandising, you know, business. I do some screen printing stuff on the side for people. And uh, yeah, like print on demand is definitely the way to go. At least until you know exactly what your market is, you know, and get some numbers because it, I mean, print on demand is not to get super technical. Into it. It's very like, it is expensive compared to buying inventory, you know? So I think, but a lot of people do is like, well, instead of paying XXX for a shirt, I can get, you know, for this cost of one shirt, I can get one and three quarter shirt. So why don't I just go ahead and, you know, everybody loves my website. So I'm going to go ahead and buy 50 in each size and each color because they'll sell. And then I tell people, it's like, talk to me when you've sold like 25 shirts. Like, yeah, it's not, I mean, I got, I got into screen printing because, well, I wanted to do podcasting. So I was like, and at the time, like I just had a kid, my wife was not going to let me buy any kind of like good equipment. And I didn't want to just do it all from my phone. So I was like, right. I, do that. I was like, I'll do like, I'll make a t-shirt business. Bert Koontz did it. He's good. You know? Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, it is incredibly hard to get anybody to buy your shit. Right. It is. Well, and so there's a middle period where you can um, do that. Right. Because like you can, um, you know, keeping your fucking garage or something, right? Like yeah. there is a, like a, there is like a f initial period where well, yeah, yeah, you you could pre-order stuff um, if you think you're gonna sell it and like keep it in your garage or like when oh, yeah. TFS ran out, we had just had a room in the office, right? Mm -hmm. That was the fucking merch room. Yep. Um, and then but things just got bigger and bigger. And to be fair, like they did, they were successful for a long time. They weren't new at it. Like it, Rowdy right. Gentleman was the name of the product. We were basically we were the ones that made. Um, back-to-back -back world war ii champs super oh, popular yeah. and then all, if you remember if you remember all the reagan bush gear you probably oh, saw yeah. like six years ago that was us we yeah. sold all that was all us and you, if you see something there were a lot of ripoffs that came like shortly right. after it but the, most of the stuff you saw was ours and uh, especially the reagan bush and back-to-back -back. yeah um and so like we were successful at all that but then they just like it was more that they over diversified and they tried to make like normal t-shirts yeah you know what i mean yeah like they weren't like they tried to do like beyond go beyond like the gimmick and they yeah. thought they tried to sell like branded merch like rowdy gentleman like here's a vineyard vine shirt right yeah they tried to sell this yeah 
Yeah, right. like, like a blank T-shirt with a hem tag with their logo on it or something, yeah. you know, for thirty yeah. bucks. Yeah. No one cares about that. No yeah. one cares. They also tried to do. Uh, oh man! So all the dudes, all the, the, the I like the guys that run it for that ran it for the most part. I like most of them, um, but they're all from Texas. And at one point, they started selling fleeces. They're like, "Yeah, let's do rowdy gentlemen fleeces." And like, the first like test batch came in, and they were like, "What do you think?" And I was like, "How much is this?" how much are you going to sell this for them? And they're like, look, a hundred bucks. And I was like, so the same as a Patagonia fleece. Yeah. And, and they were like, yeah. And I was like, well, Hey, I could tell you as someone that grew up with winter that this is not as good. Like I can just tell I won't be mm-hmm. warm in this except like in the fall, maybe not in the fucking winter. And B, if it's the same price as a Patagonia, I'm just going to fucking get the oh, Patagonia. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I get in that. Even like, even nice, stuff that's branded you know like i'll see some like company i like and they'll have like a north face jacket yeah and but it's either the same price or more expensive as just going and getting one without their shit and so i'm like i'll just go get the other one like eh. yeah yeah if it's like uh yeah like if it's branded for a certain reason like i mean i I don't know that i wore branded jack like a branded two branded jackets all the time in college because they were branded with my like fraternity shit it was like a mm-hmm. columbia soft right. shell delta sigma fi on it but like yeah i'm not gonna i don't really want i don't know it's really weird like jackets are the type of thing that i just want it to be the fucking jacket like yeah. i don't want like atlanta braves across my fucking like fleece right I'm weird like i'll wear a sweatshirt but i don't, I don't know why huh. but yeah so that was the problem is that they really tried they tried to do more than they yeah yeah, so yeah, it sounds like they were doing really well within their market and thought mm-hmm. that they could, oh, look at the success, let's break out. And we're making, I mean, if you can do it, like if you can break out into like a merchant, like especially t-shirts, like if you can break out in that, I mean, there is tons of money to be made off of that. But yeah, if people look at that um, say, oh, look how much money we're making off of, yeah, the Reagan Bush shirts, everybody's wearing them. Everybody loves TFM. They'll love just a TFM blank shirt that maybe has yeah like our logo on the like left chest or something of them right and i understand look i obviously understand uh taking a heat check you know what i mean Mm -hmm. just like like, just like hey man i can't miss so let's 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 shoot from a little deeper see if i can just fucking hit anything but they did like eight heat checks in a row yeah (laughs) that caught up with them yeah yeah and i've yeah i've seen it a lot like i get people like especially like what I do, like make t-shirts and the kind of market I serve, like tax return season, like everybody's like, I'm going to start a clothing brand. Like I'm going to order $5,000 worth of shirts. I was like, maybe let's start with like seven or 800 and see how those move. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Cause like, if you want to, if you want to throw $5,000 at me to print shirts, I'll do that for you all day. You know, but like I've seen this, maybe take a step back, but yeah, so. I, I, honestly, it's funny. Like I don't think it's that hard to come up with a good shirt, but it's really hard to come up with like five. Yeah. Well, right? marketing, right? Like you have a really funny shirt idea, but there's, I mean, how many funny t-shirt companies are there that have a, just an Instagram marketing budget that is 20 times what your total budget is for your shirts, you know? Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's impossible. So speaking and, of which, I know you guys have merch, so go check out uh, softcorehistory.com. Pick up some stuff. I like the uh, Topsy the Elephant tee. Yeah, the Topsy tee is dope. Um, 
We've sold a, a fair amount of those. I'm really excited for, well, it's already there. I need to, I need to get mine. But uh, the two Irish to die shirts yeah. based on the Mike Malloy episode. I'll definitely be rocking that on, on St. Patrick's day. Yeah, I'll take green. Dan and Jake were actually arguing with me about it. And they were like, they like the original, there is a black version too. Um, but he was only doing the black version at first. And I was like, dude, every fucking shirt in the store is black. Like make a green. It's about being Irish. And he was like, black sells the most. And I was like, I don't give a fuck, make a green shirt. So we did both. But I was like, give yeah. me fucking green. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm assuming you guys probably do print on demand, right? Yeah. So yeah. Like throw a green shirt on there. If it doesn't sell, it's not like, you know, right. That's why that's the great thing about print on demand. It may be more expensive, or I guess, I mean, less profit margins. But right. I mean, you think of it, you can throw it on the site. It doesn't matter, you know. Yeah, and it, well, it's like more quote unquote more expensive. Like, what does that even mean? Like, it's just it's just less money. You're, it's not costing yeah. you anything. Right. It's you less profit margin on right. what you're selling. So, right. Yeah. But you're also like, you're also yeah you're also not fronting any sort of investment for it really. I mean, whatever you're paying for your Shopify website, you know? Yeah, pretty much. So, but yeah. So TFM tanks did, uh, were they just kind of like, Hey, grab a bunch of shirts on your way out. We got enough of them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, they let me keep my computer, which was nice. Um, and then, uh, yeah, nice three month severance, which is pretty decent. Um, uh, so then I did that, kind of bounced around jobs. Uh, I got a TV pilot optioned, unfortunately, and that didn't go anywhere. Uh, me and the other guy who ran the video department for um, TFM, a uh, good friend of mine, um, he, uh, yeah, we wrote a script together that we had been writing before everything fell apart. And then just kind of like, I think we did. And then, we, yeah, we were. And then we like ramped it up because he got laid off in the initial layoffs. And then I got laid off a couple right. months later. Um, so yeah, we got a TV pilot option and that was kind of bouncing around for like two years. Um, at one point, the guy, the, the producer who bought it was like, why don't you write a podcast version of it? Because um, I don't know if you, you guys know this, but like the way entertainment works in general, like TV and movies, is that they're all big pussies and they won't make anything that hasn't already been made. So like, even if you have an original idea if you just write a script and try to shop a script around they won't really care about that maybe if you win a bunch of like script writing contests mm -hmm. and stuff like that like because you can submit you submit it to contests and submit it to film festivals they have like script script competitions within film festivals and stuff like that it could get it could get bought then um but even then there's a good chance or get optioned then but even then there's a good chance that once it's optioned like that's step one of however many fucking steps so once it's optioned it's still being sold. It's just like someone else joined your team to sell it at a higher level now. Right. And, um, and then, so like, even then the person who options it or studio that options it or production house that options it will be like, why don't you try making it a web series or why don't you try making it a podcast or, you know, why don't you try making it a, a maybe like a, like, not, I don't know, novelize it. Just some bullshit. Yeah. Something and, with very little uh, investment risk. Right. Yes, and but then they can take that to a network or whomever as as or studio or whatever as like more proof that proof that it's more viable, right? Because you made it a podcast, like the it's not even it's stupid. Um, so anyway, we asked to make a podcast script, and we I kind of started working on that, and then that idea got abandoned, and and then um, 
that option expired and we're still submitting that script every once in a while but um yeah i was just so that was going on while i was like working dog shit marketing jobs and like kind of whatever blog jobs yeah. just like making no money but right. trying to find better creative jobs essentially yeah so yeah you talk about like the submitting original scripts and stuff to contests in my mind i think like that's almost if you have something that's you think is truly great and is incredibly original like submitting it into like a, a contest would almost seem a bit scary because once somebody reads it you know oh, yeah. in, in the industry they can just tweak it and do what they you know take that original idea and run with it on their own right yeah so i can't confirm this and it would be arrogant of me to just believe it but it would i have a suspicion so when i was at tfm uh i don't remember what year the movie neighbors came out in like 2014 something like that the frat movie with seth yeah. rogan mm -hmm. and zach efron they came to us to do some like promotion paid promotion you know mm -hmm. the fucking frat website's frat movie yeah makes perfect sense um and it would have been a video. So it's my job to write it. So I wrote um, this script and I'm like, fuck, like I, this could be like, and it was for a video for like Seth Rogen and or Zac Efron, or maybe just like Nick Lovin and oh, yeah. shit to do. You know what I mean? Cause he was in that too. And uh, Dave Franco, I didn't know who's me. So I just write the script. So like a short, you know what I mean? Like it'd be like a little web short, like two minutes, something like that. So I write it and it's basically just like uh, uh, Zach Efron, like method acting and hazing Seth Rogen, essentially. And they didn't do that. They actually, it actually was cool. They ended up uh, coming to College Station, Texas. And me, because they wanted to do a college tour, because again, it's like a college movie. Um, and so we went down there, Universal Pictures had us go down there and we did a video where uh, me, Dave Franco, uh, McLovin, who the studio expressly told us not to call McLovin to his face. And, um, well, they should and, do a better job of marketing what his real name is. Right. Yeah. I don't want to, I'm not, I'm not saying Chris Mintz Plasse. Fuck that shit. What's uh, his last um, name? Plasse or Plasse. Uh -oh. something like that. It's Mintz Plasse. It's hyphenated. Um, anyway, so we, I got to play flip cup with them against like four A&M kids. Um, but yeah, so they didn't, but they didn't take that sketch idea. And then, like, lo and behold, on Funny or Die, and again, this is, like, a broad idea. Someone else easily could have went with this idea. Right. But, like, on Funny or Die, not that much later, there's, like, literally a sketch promoting the movie where they're hazing Seth Rogen. Hmm. And I was, like, like, uh, like that's an easy go-to because it's, like, a fraternity. That's fine. But I was, like, I did write that and send it to them. Like, someone in their marketing team saw that and then this came out it could be totally unconnected i'm obviously not the only, only one that would come up with that idea but i was like huh hmm so to your point yeah that could happen yeah so, someone could like like or someone could like see your script and like like three-fourths of your idea or half of your idea mm -hmm. and run with that and then add their own shit in you know what i mean right. it's probably what would happen to your script anyway between right someone reading it and it making it to screen so right well, you won't say I will. I'm I'm pretty sure they stole your script. So <laughs> we'll make sure we, you know, I'll weaponize whatever following I have and uh, 
which is the nooners, you know, we'll make sure yeah. they feel the pain because, uh, you know, you heard it on here. They stole Rob Fox's uh, script idea. Bastards. Mm -hmm. No writing credit for it. Oh, yep. So, so you're doing some like, you know, marketing jobs, things that I'm pretty sure like you're just staring at a cubicle wall, like contemplating life most of the day. Right. Pretty much. That's certainly the only job I've ever had in my life where podcast listening to podcasts was a viable option. Yeah. Like, cause I was, wasn't doing anything. I honestly would like, yeah, I would just do nothing for so much of the day. And then like, you know, there'd be certain times like the NCAA tournament would be on. So I learned the something and I'm like, well, that's what I'm doing for this week. Uh, but yeah. Oh yeah. I think, uh, I mean, even like the whole COVID thing, working from home, I think kind of proved how unproductive people in offices really are because like everybody's like everybody's working from home but productivity is going up. I was like, yeah, because they aren't spending three quarters of their day just like bullshitting. Yeah. Right. They they treat work like homework at that point. Like I when I was working from home when I had to for a couple of weeks, like like what do I gotta do today? Like cool. Boom. I got it all done as quickly as possible in the morning. So I can go do whatever I can do after that. Yeah, literally. You can just get it all done. And also like you you don't have like you don't have like X amount of energy suck out of you off the bat because you're driving somewhere. Like you're mm -hmm. in some shitty commute in the morning or something like that. I mean, like it's fucking brutal. Like you just, yeah. Like you just oh, yeah. got to lose your mind. Yeah. And like, so I, I work with a bunch of like engineers, which typically aren't the most socially you know, <laughs> engaging people, especially since, especially since I'm a transplant to Iowa. So like I work with, just heaps of Iowa state people. Right. You know? So like, since I'm not one of them, like, I mean, they're not like, they don't like openly mock me or anything, but like, I'm not getting invited to like the barbecues for football games, you know? Right, 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 right. And I also like, I don't understand like the cult like following for the Hawkeyes in the state either, but you know, uh, they're a deeply boring football program. I've heard it's a really fun school. Like I would rather go to Iowa than Iowa State, and I've heard that Iowa is a fucking blast. Um, but man, that that football team is boring as shit. Yeah, yeah. My sister in law went to Iowa, and I, we went to a couple parties with her before we had kids. And it was right. fun. It was well, it was fun. Like so, I was I was getting to the age where it started getting a little too awkward going to party college parties. Oh, I never reached that age. Do what? I never, never I never reached that age. age. Yeah, I dude, I was, I think this is like pathetic. I think I went to my last uh, sorority formal when I was like twenty-seven. Yeah, <laughs> see, like, I was like pushing girl, thirty, going to like tailgate with like twenty-year-olds, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I only went because some girl I knew in Austin like invited me because her date bailed and her friend, like she was like I work like the guy, the guys who. She, she was in videos for TFM and like the video guys before me were like, Oh, it'd be so funny if you took Rob, like a fucking 27 year old frat rider. And I just, and she was like, he's going to say no. And then, she, then uh, she uh, asked me and I was like, absolutely. I am down. Let's yeah. fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. You could also, I mean, you're talking about how you still look the same. If anybody like kind of gave you awkward looks, I mean, you just, lie about your age in the reverse of what most people do right yeah like, well what are you talking in, about I'm like 23 college, like, like as long as you're not salt and pepper which i am now you know but like as long as you're not fucking salt and pepper like there are dude there are 
freshmen in college who look 40. Mm-hmm. Like big beefy dudes with like lumberjack beards and shit like that. And then there's also freshmen in college who look 12. Yeah. So it's a wide range. People are people are growing, experiencing new things. Yeah. So what, how uh, how'd you end up with like Drinking Bros, Tetherball? Um, so I was working, you know, this blogging job or whatever, and me, but, and Dan Regester, Delco Dan, uh, he worked at TFM with me and, um, he had gotten the Dream Bros job first. Giorgio found him on like Instagram, found his like footage on Instagram. He was looking for production guys, mm-hmm. uh, in Austin cause they had just moved here. And, uh, me and Dan and Jake were doing softcore history already. And the year before that we had done a college football podcast. It didn't really go anywhere. We didn't really, I don't think really enjoyed it that much. And then um, um, we did, we tried to do like a little like uh, sketch comedy podcast and um, that was whatever. The scripts were really funny. I think we just didn't execute it well, but uh, so we've been doing, me and Dan still been like doing stuff creatively together and he hit me up and he was like, do you want this job instead of your dumb job? And uh, I was like a little hesitant at first, um, but then I was just like, you know what, dude, like, fuck it. This is like what I want to do way more than, than what I'm currently doing is. So I went in and like tried out for a day, you know, taking notes and writing descriptions mm-hmm. and um, they offered me the job and I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's, let's fucking do it. And uh, the rest is uh, history, I guess. Yeah. I've been there for this two weeks from now will be a year. I was there like the, I started like the last day of November last year. Yeah. So I'll be, feels like I've been on the job forever, but um, yeah, it'll yeah. be a year at the end of this month. Yeah. We're, so were you, were you there after the election show? Yeah, I didn't start till after the election. Okay. Well, so what was your first thoughts? Like, well, your first week of working? Obviously, it's a uh, very unique uh, atmosphere. Yeah, it's, a, it, in there. it's an aggressive environment. I think the first thing Dan Holloway said to me was, who the fuck are you? And then he immediately described... Uh, how he would like to kill himself. And then uh, he was looking, I was sitting there and he's like, what, who the fuck is he? He's fucking trying to work here. Okay. And just immediately looked me up online, looked at my like LinkedIn or what my like not very updated LinkedIn or whatever. He's like, what the fuck is Grand X, which was like TFM's parent company, which is very aggressive. And I was like, God damn, dude. And, like Ross was a lot more chill. Um, but it was it's funny. It's hilarious now, like knowing Dan. Um, but I was like, okay, uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was just a very aggressive environment, but I mean, like, you know, I, I, I went to an all guys high school. I was in a fraternity. Like I'm used to getting, like, I was just like, all right, I'm a freshman in there, seniors, you know, I'm a play, whatever. It's just the way back to that, I guess for now, like that's my, I just immediately referred to that mindset. Um, so it was not a difficult adjustment. Right. And the, the only thing I was even remotely concerned about is that like, I, I, I don't care that it, like I'm not liberal or conservative and I don't care if I work for a liberal or conservative place. Um, the only thing I was concerned about was like, this is, I was like, this is conservative, right? This isn't like Alex Jones, right? Like we're, oh, no. we're staying like relatively in the lines here. <laughs> and, and uh i their like first show was pretty uh like i was watching that and i was like yeah this all makes sense yeah i agree with, like 
60 or 7 percent of what you said that's fine perfect we're good yeah yeah it's yeah it's nothing like alex jones until they have alex jones on right yeah 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 then it's a different story but uh (laughs) but yeah no that was my only like even remote concern because i think dan because dan register had given me like some like vague idea of what it was like politically and like didn't do a good job describing it and i was like uh all right i might need to uh uh listen to this before i but then i listened to it and i was like oh this is fine like i this isn't like it's aggressive but it's not not like it's not crazy it's not racist or or anything like that so it's like whatever that's all i care about so yeah yeah awesome um i had a thought i just lost it too many white claws (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so you stepped in for ross i mean that's going on four weeks now you you've mentioned you enjoy being on cameras what you want to do more of like is there any like talk about any kind of new content that you'd run or are you just kind of right now just happy filling in where you need it and then doing a softcore history if you want to talk also a little bit more about softcore history because i love that show you guys are hilarious so uh yeah i mean they love softcore history uh we haven't talked about new shows yet with all this raw stuff that's all kind of on hold i can tell you the two things i would want to do and would pitch them um, and I've mentioned one of these things in a broad sense to like Jesse and to a lesser extent, Dan. Um, but the first thing I would do want to do is just another show like softcore in terms of like it being evergreen. Cause all, I love all our shows, but like, they're all very topical. Right. Except for the interviews. Right. And even a lot of times the interviews are topical because it'll be like a political part. It'll be like, you know, Bogosian or, or, um, Ben Shapiro or, or, or the Weinsteins or something. And you're talking about talking to interesting people who are going to be interesting 10 years from now, right. but like, or even like six months from now, but you're still talking about shit that's happening like today. Right. right? So that I want, I would want to do another evergreen, like way more evergreen show, whether it's about just like random ever everyday bullshit or like, you know, kids or um being married or 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 something like that um and then the other thing i would want to do is basically like audio short stories like i want i'd rather do i want to want to do like written content Mm -hmm. because i don't think there's enough of that right i'm more into that i'm more drawn to that i like podcasts and love podcasts and and love doing podcasts um but like just for whatever reason i just prefer like scripted things more uh-huh. whether it's like an audio book or audio short story or whatever you right, want to yeah. fucking describe it as um or, or anything like that so mm-hmm. that or even like a sketch like trying to do an audio sketch show again or something right. like that that would be what i would pitch them um because that's super fun to me i know i would also just have a blast doing it um those are the things i would want to do um but yeah in terms of softcore i think we might be talking about doing a Patreon and going up to two shows a week plus other random content potentially, but we, that's like been, those are just the beginning, beginning thoughts. Dan has pitched just like doing a, a, sh- a second show a week and putting that behind a Patreon wall. And I'd be like down with that, but I don't think that's enough content to ask people to pay for just like one extra show. Um, so I'd want to do something else uh, there, whatever that may be. Um, 
so, but right now we're just kind of riding out the year on softcore. Um, and that's super fun. I love doing that show because it's so fucking evergreen and so fun. I mean, we'll make topical jokes, like jokes in the moment. Like right. we got a review saying we're anti-Semitic because we're yeah. anti-Semitic for Israel, uh, <laughs> for the Israel-Palestine stuff or, or whatever. Although that's kind of evergreen. That's like 2000 years. You yeah. can just, just pick a random year, 20, like 20 years from now. And that'll be, they'll still be evergreen. It's fine. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, 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 we're just still doing that. We're trying to figure out uh, our biggest like concern right now with that show is trying to figure out um, how to get like signal boosting guests. Because mm-hmm. we could get guests easily, easily. We have a great booker in Ari, mm-hmm. but we don't, we don't want to do zoom. Like we, we, we just kind of only want to do in studio. Yeah. Um, Cause even though we're having a great conversation and we have lots of great conversations uh, on drinking bros over zoom, I don't know. I just kind of like being in the studio and vibing with someone that way, as opposed to um, just like every week's a zoom call. Um, Cause we have a million cool guests on drinking, like a just insane lineup, but like, I don't know. It's always over zoom, which yeah. still yeah. fun to talk to those people, but it's yeah. like, yeah definitely like in person is definitely much more preferred i mean i do zoom just because i mean right it is what it is at this point right now you know but and maybe we're being too picky that might no i don't think so i don't know how the the dynamic of especially like softcore history i think the dynamic and what draws people to the show really is is the banter with you guys and trying to do bring that into with somebody on Zoom, I don't think will like the connection won't be there, you know. Yeah, and we're all like really fairly close and stuff like that, so it, it's just kind of like um, I don't know. I would feel, and I do feel this sometimes this way sometimes when we have a guest on. It's like it's it requires, especially when it's more. Actually, Zoom doesn't really matter if it's two people. I think right. I think that's actually totally fine and that works perfectly. But when it's two or when it's more than two people and especially if two of the people are in a, together in right. person and then the third one's on a Zoom, then it gets to be like an awkward dynamic sometimes and I feel like we would be bad about leaving the guest out a lot of times or be like, "Okay, guest, now you talk. Uh we just played with each other for 10 minutes, but uh what did you want to say?" Yeah. We would be bad. We would be bad at that. I could I could see us being very bad at that. Yeah. Yeah. I typically, I, most of my shows, actually all of them, this is the first one-on-one I've done. And that's mainly just cause I'm new to podcasting and a total coward and trying to fill an hour <laughs> of content yeah. with just myself. Um, it's definitely much better. I found that an hour, I mean, we, we are over an hour now, you know, it's, yeah, it's pretty easy to fill an hour as right. long as somebody is talkative, you know? So I'm, I'm scared to death of getting that one person that gets on air and it's like, what about this? Yes. And just like, okay. Okay. Kind of like, I mean, somebody that was on drinking bros recently, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was something else. I, I just like after like, and this, that's just happened like several times. And after the third, like one word answer or something, you're just like, yeah. Do you know where you are? Yeah. Yeah. Why are you start realizing like, oh, okay, how can I, uh, yeah. Inject some thoughts to keep this rolling. Right. But it ended up being an entertaining show. Like, and I'm not going to shit on that person. Uh, no, and it's not. It's unfair to expect everyone to be like talkative and yeah. charismatic or whatever yeah. the fuck. 
and a lot of people freeze the fuck up on camera too it's crazy yeah and i mean there's a lot of times uh where even i'll be like man i'm not fucking feeling it today i'm anxious and i'll be like well gonna have to crack a beer just gonna have to do it yep yeah and that yeah it's fine like i said it was an entertaining show and it happens you know that person actually for some random reason i don't know it was just maybe they saw that i get stuff reposted a lot on your yeah. guys' stories, like reached out to me personally and asked about it. And I was like, Hey, like it's fine. You know, actually I said that they had it really through that piece together. What could be a really good story. It just wasn't. Yeah. Know. Like they just didn't tell it super well, basically. Um, but yeah, it's whatever, you know, it's, it's, I it was still interesting. It was just like, uh, I don't know. I don't know that, like she had a story, uh, a lot, of, and a lot of people do this, where they have a good story, but they're not necessarily like a great storyteller. Yeah, I thought she kind of told it out of order. Like when she started talking about some other stuff, I was like, oh, like start with that, roll into this, you know, and then, but you know, is what right. it is. It happens, especially when you're on close to a thousand episodes. Right? Well, I guess technically, if you think of all Drinking Bros content, it's well over a thousand episodes by now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, oh, we all combined. Fuck, it's probably pushing yeah. two thousand. But yeah. has there been a has there been somebody, an interview that you've been like either on the desk or even behind the desk, where you've been a little nervous, like somebody like a guest, where you're like, whoa, like this is insane. Um, probably. Uh... Well, it was insane having Alex Jones in studio for sure. I was like, oh my God. Uh, I was like, what? That, what is my life right now? Um, <laughs> like, I was just like, this is absurd. Uh, I'm trying to think who. McConaughey was crazy, but you really don't. That's the only thing that sucks about Zoom. Like, you really, like, yeah. I guess it would have been crazy if I was on the show when I wasn't, so I didn't really care. Like, it was awesome for the show and it was an awesome episode, but I was like, well, I'm not talking to him and he's not here in front of me so like i'm basically a viewer of this podcast right uh, uh in studio or someone i'm trying to get someone i've talked to that was like famous i'm really i have a really bad memory for interviewing people um it was interesting oh pete rose was insane that's yeah that's that one was absurd for one of the baseball episodes that was nuts um he is also not a good person to interview over Zoom because he's an old man and I, and doesn't read social cues well or like speaking cues well. So he'll just like jump over you or whatever. But it regardless, it was just like nuts to talk to Pete Rose. Yeah, that yeah. was great. Yeah, and um, you, you missed Michael Irving, which I'm right. No, in person, I was there for the episode. But again, like I'm basically a I'm a producer. I'm not talking, so mm -hmm. I'm basically a viewer of the podcast taking notes and shit like that um which is still fun and still amazing and it's like the best job in the world but it's like i'm not it's not quite the same um in studio i'm trying to think if there was anyone else ah uh, fuck man i don't know it somebody somebody in live chat nico is asking about uh that the female football coach well what was oh, that uh, like being being that, involved with that that was pretty that tense was, uh definitely awkward as fuck for sure me me and dan were like oh my god uh maybe one of the few times you were happy that was a zoom zoom one 
extremely i don't think it would have gone that way in person though i do think anthony scaramoshi would have gone that way whether it was in person or not um so that but that was funny because he's a douchebag like uh i it doesn't even matter what his views are like he's such a fuck he's he's like a hired gun he's a mercy he's a fucking lobbyist so i don't i don't care about that um, but that that one was funny. The female football player one was tense and and awkward. Um, but you know, Dan is not one to suffer. She, I mean, I don't know, and I'm not gonna like make assumptions. But her whole, I mean, the body language and tone just seemed almost like I don't know if she was lo- necessarily looking for a fight, or maybe she has done a lot of shitty interviews and was just tired of being questioned on things. I don't know, but. She seemed you know, a bit hostile from the start. I almost get the feeling, yeah, it could have been that or it could have been the the like inverse of that where actually this was like one of the few difficult interviews she's had because oh, yeah. people are just like, you're so brave, you're so yeah. amazing. Yeah, and just softballing it the whole time. Right, which you can do that. That's fine. Like I didn't think we really gave like hardball I don't think we didn't ask her anything out of bounds. The only thing that was awkward was when it was just like they were arguing and clearly not going to agree with each other, but it kept going. And yeah. I think me and Dan were just like, oh my God, end this. And just move on, move on. Yeah. She's going to be a bitch about it. And Dan's not going to back down because Dan's probably right. And so like, it's just the type of thing where, yeah, that was, it was just like, dude, just fucking, end, just end this, just end this. Uh, the other au- kind of awkward confrontation that there was that actually ended gracefully was the Chris Hansen episode. Oh where yeah. Dan and, and Chris Hansen kind of got into it, but Chris Hansen has uh, certainly been in more awkward situations than going toe to toe with Dan. So I don't think that really phased him. Mm-hmm. Like when you're chasing down pedophiles, like a, te- a testy interview right? where the person, you know, rightfully disagrees with you isn't, that's not, he's had he's done he's had he's dealt with wilder shit (laughs) i and that ended he was where where, and he was like i don't know what his actual thoughts were maybe it was exactly what he said but i mean he was like hey it's good to have these tough conversations and you know he took it on he took it on the chin i don't know you really can't ask anything more of them so yeah so that's great i like uh, yeah there's been so many great interviews on there i understand it's hard to remember all of them and you know um Moving on from that, we saw your uh, your cute baby at the beginning of the show. You know, yeah. Congrats on being a new dad. Appreciate it. Thank you. You know, did you uh, did you watch the birth? Uh, I was I would participated in it apparently, like which I did not expect to do. Look, um, did they did they say hey come hold the leg? Yep. Yep. Same yep. one. Got me the same time when I first kid. And, you know, yeah. I was I don't know what's happening. I was like, oh, I guess I got like I they need help. You know, yeah. I guess I have yeah. to be involved with this. And I, I will say, yeah, I will say, you know, looked like the crowning part. I don't know. I was like, I've seen this before, you know, yeah. eh. that's what I mean, it looked like the last couple of times I saw this, like in movies and uh, like sex ed and stuff. But what I was not prepared for was that there was actually going to be a body attached to the head coming out. Dude. And like came out kind of like kicking. And I was like, oh, I forgot that there's a baby attached to this thing. Like, uh. Yeah, that was insane. The craziest part for me, and I'm even getting like butterflies just thinking about it right now. It was so surreal. It was the first time 
when the baby came out that like ripped the breath out of me um but the first craziest thing i saw was when they were basically digging around in my wife and um like i couldn't see anything for the longest time and i was like like you know just my wife's like vagina um but like then they kind of like went in there a little bit yeah and um i saw the head yeah inside Dude. not even crying right yeah. like it was like two inches inside oh yeah i was like i was just like oh fucking god oh there's the person like there's the fucking person holy shit holy shit and then i started getting annoyed because they had to do that like they did then there's still like an hour left after that oh, yeah. and after like 20 minutes i'm like i just pull it out what are you doing like right there yeah you're gonna plunger yeah. let's get this thing out yeah my wife is in like horrible pain like get just get it oh no did she uh did she go natural fuck no oh. but i think they didn't give her a strong enough epidural so she was uh feeling a lot of things yeah yeah my wife was high as a kite for both of them yeah she's like i felt pressure it almost felt like i was just taking a really big poop <laughs> yeah that's what my that's what my wife said but without any it was basically like but she felt everything so brutal yeah so she was like it wore i don't she was like i don't know if it wore off or they just didn't give me enough but yeah it uh was not ideal yeah so but i think right everything birth went well everybody was fine afterwards and yeah everyone was good uh he had like a little like neck issue so he's been going to physical therapy for that yeah. but that's like basically fixed now it was because he got suctioned out okay yeah you know i mean they put the little fucking cup yeah. on him to get him all the way out and that like made his neck tense and so he had we had to like he's got to do like, yeah work with yeah my youngest my two-year-old we had to do that after yeah. so which I, was it wasn't because of that. It was because like when he would lay, like he would lay in one direction all the time or something. And yeah, yeah, but yeah, pretty common, you know. So have you yeah. have you have you immediately started picking up any like dadisms? Like, do you like do you sense when like somebody touches the thermostat? <laughs> uh, no, not yet. Uh, I mean, I'm like probably cheesier than I was before, but that's about it so far. Uh, I'm definitely not like a psycho about my lawn or anything like cool like that yet. Uh, I'm, and I don't, I don't even like, I'm in between uh, grills right now. So I don't even get to do like dad grilling. Cause my father, man. Yeah. Well, my father-in-law wants to get, uh, we're building a house out in Dripping Springs. Mm -hmm. and uh, My father-in-law, I mean, that will probably be in there in like May. My father-in-law wants to get me a, a green egg for the new house so I can grill for him when, when he comes so my current grill uh i like lost the grill cover for and then like this winter and spring basically just like wrecked it, it wasn't like fancy or anything right. it was like a propane grill that like you could grill burgers and brats and shit on but like it was like a tailgating grill that you can like yeah. fold up and take you and i think got so fucking hot so fucking fast that like you couldn't even really cook like steaks on it and shit like not if you wanted it rare anyway right. um so it was good for like cooking like chicken or like and like burgers and, and turkey burgers and 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 like grilling veggies and stuff like that but it wasn't it was it was good for like really low level yeah. grilling right like it, well you couldn't do anything complicated on it yeah well like i said i think the, when you when you guys move into this new house that's when the lawn shit's gonna start probably right uh, yeah that's when i'm gonna get fully fucking nuts and the about. and the thermostat right because it's gonna be new house right i know you've talked i've We've talked about building a house before, and it just seems like 
such a nightmare to me that we've avoided it. But like you were saying, I think I've heard you say like every time, like, oh, can we do this instead of this? Like, well, that's an upgrade, right? Oh, everything. And like the, the like basic bitch shit is just awful. Like yeah. if you want to live in like the tackiest house, they show, they took us into a house in one of the neighborhoods that had like very few upgrades. And it was basically like, a nice looking but cheap you know like a new apartment complex yeah that like, looks nice in the apartments yeah. but they very clearly used the yeah. cheapest possible oh yeah yeah it was like that yeah and like and it was just like and i get if people can't afford certain stuff because like even like most of the places the baseline stuff you don't isn't even like wood it's like carpet and a lot of it yeah, and oh, like, yeah. yeah. So you don't even get like yeah. if you're that, it's that it's probably that like the first nice apartment you ever move into, you know, mm-hmm. that kind yeah. of carpet. Yep. Or it's nice for when you're like twenty one and you're like, Oh man, I got this super nice apartment now. I'm an adult, you know. Yeah. I'm I'm getting new furniture from IKEA. Mom's taking me to IKEA, getting some furniture for me, kind of thing, you know. That's oh, probably literally. the carpet in there. Yeah, literally. And it's like you're not even lucky enough for like the basic because there's some play our our friends built a house in round rock and i guess their baseline option one of their baseline options was like tile that looked like wood yeah and i actually like that stuff yeah. as it stays keeps the house cold in yeah. texas pretty useful yeah i have uh, it in my kitchen i like yeah. it and it looks good i think actually I, I but um they were lucky though so that was like one of their baseline things but uh yeah a lot of these places just carpet so it's just they just like force your hand yeah. And then, I mean, you could get it replaced, but it's not even like, it, it might be cheaper to like do your own flooring through a third party or something, but I don't think it's like that much cheaper. And then you add on top, like the hassle of mm-hmm. yeah, having to coordinate that. Yeah. And then you're just like, you know what? Here's the extra $2,000 to yeah. just do yeah, just leave me alone. I just yeah. just yeah. tell me how much I owe and tell me when I can move in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, so when you move in, you're probably gonna be monitoring that thermostat, you know, like, do you know what that extra one degree in AC costs this house? Costs us, yeah, goddamn down here, especially. Yeah. Blasting AC constantly. So, all right, well, we'll get this wrapped up, let you get out of here. I was gonna ask though, what has been, what was a better moment for you this year? The birth of a child or the Braves winning the World Series? Dude, I'm gonna probably have like two or three kids. I might only get one more World Series for the rest of my life. It's obviously the World Series. Yeah. See, you totally stole my line for that. I had ready for that. If you're gonna say birth of a child, or like your wife will get mad at you, like you can have more kids, or the Braves gonna have another World Series. Right. Yeah. right. I'll tell you what. If the Braves, they have a really young core. Like this should be the beginning of some sort of like mini dynasty, hopefully. So. If they go full dynasty, they win like two more World Series over the course of the next like five or six years. Maybe I will, you know, retro retcon that answer retroactively, like change that answer. But for now, I mean, it's the Braves. Come on, yeah. I've known the Braves longer. Yeah, well, congratulations on both, by the way. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so definitely have plans to come down to Austin. Um, even though I'm not a needle mover, I'll definitely love to at least just sit in for the softcore episode if I'm there. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, for sure, man. Uh, just let me know when you're here. We'll have you on. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I sent, I've sent Jake a couple of things like 
uh, you know, conspiratorial, like Nazi haunted SS headquarters stuff. Cause I know he's into that kind of shit. So yeah, but I'll definitely reach out and, uh, yeah, we'll see. I will say maybe I won't get as drunk this year, but that's probably a yeah. lie. Yeah. You know? yeah. So we'll see. But again, man, thanks for, uh, coming on. You know, I know, uh, where you've been at the studio all day doing a, doing yeah. a, an amateur podcast, probably a hard sell for the wife, but nah, it's all good. Definitely appreciate it. And, uh, so yeah, everybody knows the drill by now. Uh, obviously if you're watching right now, like subscribe, hit the, the ding button on YouTube, uh, go out to iTunes, you know, like Rob can probably tell you more than I can. That's what people look at, right. Is the, the iTunes ratings and reviews. So definitely go uh, rate and review on iTunes. And, uh, I think, I don't think there's going to be a show next week. I tried to figure out how to do it with Thanksgiving. And I think it's just going to be easier to just, uh, use that week off to schedule and get some people on here. Um, so yeah. So everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Um, you know, eat too much, watch probably what's going to be terrible football games. I don't know. <laughs> Isn't it always like the lions? Yeah. I usually end up watching the, like college the Cowboys games. and lions, right. Who always play on. Yeah. They don't play each other, but they always right, play. Cowboys are good this year, I guess. I don't know who they play on that game though. If it's like the fucking Washington or something, it's going to be awful or the giants or the Eagles. The whole division sucks. Uh, I always watch the college games because UT plays on Thanksgiving every year. And then the egg bowl, Mississippi, Mississippi state. So I usually go with that over whatever shitty, although they did add a third NFL game and that one's usually better. The NBC has a game on Thanksgiving now too. And that one's, usually like some sort of yeah competition. is that one do they don't want it night or do they do it earlier i can't remember i think they do i think they do a night game yeah so i think they actually did finally add like a decent game oh. well awesome and again thanks for having or thanks for coming on um it was really great yeah. to get some more you know you're kind of a since you've been on the booth or in behind the desk now a lot more over the last couple of weeks you know people have been pretty interested and know a little bit more about you so that was awesome so. <laughs> So thanks yeah, again, and uh, everybody's telling me to wrap it up. I am flesh and I am bone, rise up, ting, ting, like glitter and gold. I got fire in my soul, rise up, ting, ting, like glitter. Like glitter and gold. Like glitter.
jumping out You left your bottle at the door Cause everybody in the back room is spilling out You don't remember what you're asking for And everybody in the front room is tripping out You left your bottle